sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. We continue on Sports Grid Channel 204 here on Sirius XM. Is pushing the odds. Matt Perot with you. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk Matt before welcoming the Sports Map Radio audience. Coming up in uh, around an hour or so, we will talk to Tommy Stokey from the Action Network on Major League Baseball futures coming up at 40 past the hour this hour. And I want to talk a little bit about rotations here. And, you know, baseball does a really poor job, I feel, of marketing their superstars. Look, it goes back to Mike Trout, right? Mike Trout's the biggest name in the game, best player in the sport, but you wouldn't know it. And partly, it's it's his responsibility, okay? He should be more active. He should be out there more. He doesn't want to be. It's why he likes playing for the Angels. They don't ask him to do all that much. If he was with the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Phillies, he or the Cubs, he would be asked to do a lot more. He'd be asked to be a lot more public than he is. And that's fine. That's his right. He's an incredibly well-compensated player, but he's an insane athlete, insane talent as well. My issue right now is that when you look at the Dodgers, there should be, like, hype videos everywhere. Major League Baseball should be pushing aggressively what this Dodgers team looks like. The Dodgers starting rotation is Trevor Bauer, Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, David Price. Okay, Dustin May is in there at some way, potentially as a number five starter. Are you kidding me? That is insane. Okay, you take a look at what this team is being projected to in terms of how many games they could win if this if this team doesn't win 95 games I will be shocked this is a ridiculous pitching staff and I don't know who in the National League is going to be able to contend in the postseason with that rotation I mean you could have David Price out of the bullpen Dustin May out of the bullpen holy and I haven't even talked about the bullpen which is really damn good I, I don't. I mean, my goodness gracious! This is the Dodgers landing Trevor Bauer was way too quiet. It should have been a lot louder. It should have been received with, "Oh my, what is going on in Los Angeles? Are we watching?" I mean, the Yankees got ridiculed all over the place for buying championships and unfair practices because of their the amount, the amount of money that they had. And that the, the big, bad Yankees, the Dodgers are the defending champs, and they went and added the Cy Young winner. I mean, what? $40 million they're paying the dude. 40 And it's like, okay, yeah. Trevor Bauer is now a Dodger. And we're all just fine with it. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, man alive. Dodger futures. I bet the Dodgers to win the World Series last year. That cash for me at plus 330. I had the Rays in the American League uh, winning the American League pennant at plus 1,000. That hit as well. It was a very short season, so it's not that impossible. It wasn't that crazy for me to get that right. But I'm very curious to see what the New York Yankees are going to look like and what Garrett Cole is going to look like. Corey Kluber and Garrett Cole need to be outstanding. Now, Cole has been, over the last three years, just dominant. I mean, he's been incredible. And he has had 
you know, every time he takes the mound, you expect a quality start at a Garrett Cole. Just that's what he is. That's what he does for the Yankees. But behind that, Luis Severino, eh, a lot of question marks with that Yankee rotation. It's good, but it's nowhere near the Dodgers. I mean, nowhere near what L.A. is going to run out there. The Nationals with Patrick Corbin and Max Scherzer now adding John Lester. That's good. Steven Strasburg is the number four, which is like, what? I mean, I think the Washington Nationals rotation is the second best in baseball. But again, they're going to face the Dodgers. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you deal with Trevor Bauer and Walker Bueller at the top. I mean, you got Scherzer and Corbin. That's really damn good. And then Lester at the end of his career, champion, knows how to win. He will add a ton to that locker room from an experience standpoint. But Steven Strasburg, if you can stay healthy, that's a really good rotation. But can they score enough runs? Do they have enough offense? The Mets are a really intriguing story. And if you noticed, I keep on talking about National League teams here. There is such a flip of the power scheme in baseball right now. Jacob DeGrom and Noah Syndergaard coming back off the injury. Marcus Stroman, really impressive rotation for the New York Mets. Again, they've added some bats and they've brought in some players. And you know the Lindor trade is really big, so we'll see what they do offensively. But they have a good enough starting rotation to win the East. I'm not so again up against the Dodgers. Can they comp- compete? I mean, if De- if DeGrom wins two games, then maybe yeah. If you win both starts by Jacob DeGrom, I think you probably could be in the conversation about beating the Dodgers. But that's going to be really, really hard to do. And now the Padres are in the conversation. You Darvish is a huge deal. Blake Snell, that addition is awesome for them. Joe Musgrove should be healthy and come in here and help them. Lamette's coming back as well. I mean, this is the National League. You can say the Yankees are a really good team. And then the American League, for the most part, and I know the Rays are the defending American League champs, there are a lot of question marks in the American League right now. The National League, and they are not going to have the DH this year. The National League is really where all the heat is here in baseball. Dodgers, Padres, that rivalry is going to be awesome to watch. I can't wait to watch those games here on the West Coast. It's going to be incredible. The Mets and the Phillies. That's going to be awesome. The Atlanta Braves, where they're going to be with their rotation, they're going to be phenomenal. And you've got to obviously respect the Washington Nationals and where they are. There are, I mean, the American League, the team that comes out of the American League is probably, if it's not the Yankees, they're probably going to get their doors blown off by whoever winds up winning that gauntlet in the National League because there are so many better teams, so many better rotations in the National League than in the American League. And that's not always been the case. I mean, it's normally been sort of, you know, skewed towards the American League where you've had the Red Sox and the Yankees uh, and the Indians and, you know, the Angels and other teams just, you know, be very competitive and really have, you know, trying to claim a stake to a championship run. But right now, championship goes through the National League. More to come here. I'm pushing the odds. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas, Nevada, by way of Boston, Massachusetts. Here he is, Matt Perron! UFC 258 coming up. Kamaru Usman against Gilbert Burns Saturday night. That's going to be a good card, a good fight. We'll get more into that coming up tomorrow on the show. 
breaking down betting on it and whatnot for the UFC tomorrow and Friday for that matter. We'll talk some UFC, some MMA fighting here. I'm pushing the odds. 702-751. Matt is our text line. 702-751-6288. You got to love Tyler Haneke getting a two-year $8.75 million extension with the Washington football team. I love that. I think that kid's good. I think him. Uh, I think John Walford. I think some of these younger quarterbacks that were given shots in the postseason that played well in the playoffs, those guys getting locked down and maybe getting a chance to earn a roster spot or even a starting job, uh, depending on the team and the job, uh, I think it's great. I mean, Henneke played really well, and I- I'm psyched for the guy. And let's see what he can look like and what does Washington do with the quarterback position. I mean, Henneke obviously is going to be in the conversation next year as maybe the starting quarterback. So that's a cool story to watch. And speaking of cool stories, I I saw a tweet from Neil deGrasse Tyson last night that I thought was really interesting. He wrote, and this is kind of great advice for sports gamblers as well. He wrote, Tom Brady was the 199th pick in the 2000 draft, which tells me that occasionally, if not often, people assessing your future potential based on past performance don't know bleep about anything. And that kind of is the truth with sports gambling, right? I mean, how often do we look at trends? How I mean, I do it too. I look at trends. I look at what have you done recently. I look at what have you done against the spread. And then using that to help us dictate the future. And that's actually the, the wrong way of doing it. It's just very complicated and difficult to make projections and models to tell you what is going to happen. It's easier to look back on what has happened and use the history to project the future. But in reality, the history has nothing to do with the future. And you make a mistake by doing that in life and in sports gambling. You make a mistake by doing that because what happened yesterday has little to do with what's going to happen today. So the Nets losing last night outright to the Pistons, it has little to do, in my mind, what happens against the, against the Pacers coming up tonight. Now, they've been playing really badly. They've lost three games in a row. They've lost four or five. The wheels are coming off. But tonight's a new night. Tonight's a new game. So interesting to see what happens with the Nets. More on that here with our four big stories. We call this the hard four. It's time for the Hard Four on Pushing the Odds with Matt Peralt. So the quarterback carousel is going to start spinning, right? We've already had one trade involving two number one picks overall for quarterbacks changing changing spots with Goff and Stafford. But is Russell Wilson going to be a part of this offseason craziness? In an appearance on the Dan Patrick Show yesterday, it sounded like the rumor mill that had Wilson wanting out, there might be some real legitimacy to that question that does Russell Wilson want to be traded from the Seattle Seahawks how long will he be in Seattle well the answer to that question wasn't too great in my mind when it came up yesterday even Russell Wilson doesn't know how long he's going to be a Seahawk you know the reality of of professional sports is you know, things happen, things change. I, you know, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how how long I'll play in Seattle. I think hopefully, hopefully it was going to be, you know, be forever. You know, but things change obviously along the way, and I think that um, you, you focus on what you can control every day and try to be the best version of yourself, and and ultimately try to win championships. And I think that's, um, you know, that's why I play this game. Hmm. Okay. More on that later. Number two, amazing game last night in college basketball where West Virginia went into Lubbock and beat up on Texas Tech. I mean, they just took it to 
the Red Raiders in their home building with fans present, and maybe that's why things got a little bit lost on Chris Beard. He lost his mind at the end of the game. He wound up on the court, rolling around, mimicking a call that he didn't like, and the referees tossed him out of the game due to it. Afterwards, Beard explained the ejection. You guys know me. I've been in this league five years. I don't think I've ever gotten a technical. Uh, Little Rock, I think we got one. Uh, that's not my deal. Um, I know what bad officiating looks like. I've coached at all different levels. These guys are the best of the best. Uh, these three guys out there tonight, not only do I like, I respect and trust them, um, but just in college basketball, sometimes you got to fight for your players. Uh, and, I, and that was my decision uh, tonight to do that. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a good old-fashioned fine there from the Big 12 offices. Number three here on the hard four, what is going on with the before-mentioned Brooklyn Nets? They've lost three in a row. They've lost four or five. They don't get Kevin Durant back until Friday at the earliest, and they play tonight against the Pistons. They lost badly last night. Sorry, against the Pistons last night. They played the Pacers tonight. They lost badly last night. Kyrie Irving, after the loss last night, as to what the heck's going on with the Nets. We're seeing it day in and day out where guys, teams are coming in and punching us in the mouth early, and we're playing catch-up. And it happens to be against the the guys with the least best records. And we got to call it for what it is, so we got to fix that. I have the Nets tonight, minus two. Fourth and finally, are the Utah Jazz the best team in the NBA? Well, they have the best record, and they have the best record against the spread. They are covering at a ridiculous 72% clip right now. They beat down the Boston Celtics last night. They win and cover, and after the game, Donovan Mitchell told TNT what the goals are right now for this Utah Jazz team. I think the biggest thing, man, is we just our, our our competitiveness. You know, continuing to fight. You know, we've done we've done a lot of good things, man. Like I said last year, after the bubble, it was a tough loss for us. And this is how we respond. This is how you're supposed to respond if you want to be the team we want to be. And uh, we're doing a good job so far. We got plenty of games left in a tough conference, but man, we're, we're playing well. We're grooving. We just got to continue to keep going. 72% of the time Utah is covering right now in the NBA is remarkable. Number one record, number one record against the spread. Those were our four big stories for us here on a Wednesday. It's pushing the odds, 702-751-MAT, 702-751-6288. As we're watching the Tampa Bay Parade right now, Boat Parade, as they're all having some good old fun, Gronkowski being Gronkowski. The weather's a lot nicer for this party than the six previous for Belichick, Brady, and Gronk when they were winning championships. Because in Tampa, it's gorgeous. So you got shorts and you've got short sleeves. In New England, when they were celebrating on the duck boats, whenever they would go out and do that, it was always freezing cold. It was never fun. They look like they're having a lot more fun than right now. I mean, Brady's, you know, with his kids and they're all loving life right now. They're laughing and having a good old time. It looks a lot more enjoyable right now. <laughs> Uh, going on right now uh, in Tampa than what we've seen in the previous six Super Bowl championship runs for Tom Brady and company. And how they're doing it, it's kind of interesting how they're setting up the boats as well. It's like when the Patriots did it, they had the duck boats and, like, different people 
you'd have Brady on his own duck boat, and then you'd have Gronk on his own duck boat and whatnot to kind of break up or spread out the, the parade if you were going to go down that raid. And a duck boat goes on land and water. These boats just go on water. Brady's boat's got like 30 people on it, and I don't know who all, all those people are. His kids are there, but it's it's quite crowded on the Tom Brady boat right now down in Tampa. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see that they're not doing this celebration afterwards. I'm glad that they're just doing this parade and people are lining the, the, the banks of this river in Tampa to celebrate. And it's, you know, two or three people deep, but it's not. It's outside, at least. So they're trying to do their best to keep distance and uh, keep it safe. So uh, not seeing the number of masks I would like to see right now, but fine. You know, they're having a good time and they're enjoying themselves here for the championship in Tampa. And then, you know, if you believe Brady, it's, you know, get right back onto it. And I mean, again, I'm watching this. Like, there's no, like, the, the boats are going in different directions. Like, one boat's going left, one boat's going right. Like, there's, I don't know, this is a parade. It's kind of a, a, a very weird situation going on right now for this Tampa Bay Parade. <laughs> but, hey, you know, it's their, it's their celebration. They can do what they want. Opening line. Let's talk about these nets. What is going on? And is Steve Nash the right guy for this? Is Steve Nash going to be able to handle this team, given he was put into place the way he was put into place just to be a figurehead? Opening line next year. Pushing the odds. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Told us. This is the SportsGrid Radio Network. Sports, other teams talented and capable and we're shorthanded we're small we got to come out extremely sharp extremely competitive and with a real fire and it takes us getting down 20 to find that fire that is brooklyn nets head coach steve nash when he was installed as the head coach in brooklyn i think everybody said well Kyrie and kevin durant both had to sign off on it and they wanted a figurehead. They didn't want to play for a coach. And right there should have been the biggest red flag about what this basketball team was going to look like this year. Because they don't want to be coached. They want to just go out there and play. And they expect to be the best team because they have the best players. Now, oftentimes in sports, in particular in the NBA, that's what happens. I've got better talent than you. I win. But unfortunately, in this COVID era, in this crazy, wacko season of guys being yanked off the floor mid-game, teams getting games canceled and postponed, protocols as to where you can go and what you can do, inconsistency is real. And they are four and a half games back already of the Philadelphia 76ers. And look, the division in the Atlantic is not all that important. Making the playoffs is get into the tournament and you'll be all right. But they lost to the Wizards 149-146. They beat the Clippers 124-120. And then lost to the Raptors by giving up 123 points. They lost to the Sixers by giving up 124 points. And they lost to the Pistons last night by giving up 122 points. In most traditional basketball settings, the coach would have been losing his mind. I mean, post-game press conference rant. Defensive coaches getting fired. I mean, just people losing their bleep over what they were witnessing because of how angry they were about what is going on. 
But this is Steve Nash after the game last night when he was asked about where the team is. Listen to this and and tell me if this sounds like a coach that's going to take any responsibility for what's happening in his own locker room. It's up to the team to to decide what type of team they want to be, you know, what what they want to get out of this experience. Um, I'm sure every team is going through this to some extent with uh, the heavy schedule, um, you know, missing bodies, all sorts of stuff thrown at us. So I don't think this we're in isolation here. I think there's a lot of teams that struggle with this from these different nights. Um, but I, I think our team needs to challenge themselves and figure out who they want to be and who, what they want to represent together. So, it, you know, it's having played the game, you, you know, a certain amount of that comes down to team building within that locker room and deciding, you know, if they want to come together and be a force or if that's not as important. And I think right now, you know, they, they've been tested here, whether they, they want to become that team that, you know, is a tough, uh, connected and competitive every single night. And that's got to come from within that room. And I mean, what? <laughs> so Steve Nash, let's just break this down. I played the game. Yep. It's up to them, the players. What? Then why do you have a job? Like, if you're not going to take any responsibility for the way the team performs, if you're not going to take any responsibility for where the team is right now, which is a 14-12 and 12 team which has not looked good in a while, if you're not going to take any responsibility at all for the way your team plays defense every night, which is really optional, whether they want to or not, what? are you going to do like what is the point here of steve nash being the coach of the brooklyn nets and they are circling the drain they can't get all their three superstars together and here's what i think they're doing what i think if you really gave them truth serum and really kind of pin them down i think the nets believe that they when they have all three guys healthy and on the floor that they're the best team in the east and there might be some truth to that, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to argue with that given who they have. When they played the Bucks and they won 125-123, which feels like a really long time ago, but you saw it and you're like, hmm, all right, that could be the Eastern Conference Final. And that would be an incredible Eastern Conference Final to watch if it is what we see, right? But the Nets could get upset. Now, they're in the playoffs right now. They're 14-12. and 12. They've got the three seed right now. So, like, you can't sound the alarm too loudly right now because the Eastern Conference is a joke. I mean, the Toronto Raptors currently right now are 11-13, and 13, and they're talking about trading away their best guard, all right, <laughs> in Kyle Lowry. So, you know, you can't get too angry about where the Brooklyn Nets are simply because Boston's 12-11. and 11. They're playing the Pacers tonight. The, the, the Brooklyn Nets are as two-point favorites. I think they win tonight, but Indiana is 12-12. and 12. They're in the playoffs. I mean, the Knicks are almost a playoff team. They're 11-15. and 15. Miami Heat are 10-14. and 14. I mean, there's just a lot of trash right now. The 76ers have the one seed at the moment with a one-game lead in the loss column on the Milwaukee Bucks, who are 16-8. and eight. Sixers are 18-7. and seven. But you look at like the way the Philadelphia 76ers are, I mean, they're 18-7 and seven straight up. But against the number, they're 14-10-1. 
Utah is 18 and 7, by far the best, but the vast majority of teams in the NBA are either one game over 500 or one game, two games under 500 when it comes to against the spread at 56% down to 45, 47%. That's kind of where they are. So it's just interesting to see that. Right now, the NBA, there are, like, who is the elite team? I mean, the Lakers? I don't know. They, I mean, they're 12 and 13 against the number right now. The Lakers are under, are not overperforming what we think they are. So that's part of the problem. And Utah is 20 and 5 straight up, and they look tremendous. They've got the one seed, but they only have the one seed by one game over the, over the Lakers because the Lakers are 19 and 6. They're winning, but not covering. Utah's winning and covering. They're 10 and 2 at home on top of that. So home court could be a big deal. I just don't hear enough from this Brooklyn Nets team to feel like, yeah, they're going to figure this out. Kyrie Irving yesterday kind of went on a laundry list of all the problems going on right now with Brooklyn. And we look very average, you know, and we have the talent that the eye test presents that we should be dominating. Uh, you know, we have the experience in, in terms of some of our guys that have been through certain things, circumstances to be able to battle through. And we're dealing with a lot of the reality that we're putting this together on the fly. Like we, we are the team that the NBA put the most games on. We're, we're the team that gets someone taken out during COVID, during the games. We're the team that has to deal with the refs. We're, we're the team that is literally battling against so many odds that, at this point, it's, it's not even a reason to continue to comment on it. They are what they are. And as a warrior that I am and that the energy that I have alongside my teammates, we just have to turn that corner. And we haven't done it yet, but we will. And I'm telling you, the league's going to be on notice when that happens. So. Anybody buying that? I mean, again, they think that when they get Durant back, and it's Durant and it's Harden and it's Kyrie, that they're good to go. But the trade that brought James Harden to Brooklyn, giving up all, I mean, Levert and all the talent, all the bench help, their second unit is not great. Okay? Their second unit is not great. And defensively, they're horrible. I mean, they're just absolutely horrible. And I don't know if you can win a championship in today's NBA by just going all offense and not playing any defense. Tonight's a big game. Tonight's a game in a bounce-back spot where now you're getting a lot of questions about Brooklyn. You're getting a lot of attention. People are starting to you know, perk up and go, wait, wait, wait. The Pistons beat you by how many points? Like We talked about it yesterday, right? We had a conversation about where we were with betting on the NBA with Jackson Coward from the score. And he came out and he was like, look, I'm taking I got plus nine on the Pistons because, one, that number's too big, and I don't trust this Nets team to do anything right now. So they were nine-point favorites yesterday at open. It closed at six, and they lost the game outright by double digits. Tonight, they're at home. They're on the road last night. Tonight, they're at home. They're laying two against the Pacers team that they should dominate even without Kevin Durant. Harden and company, Kyrie and company, I mean, this is when they got to flex a little bit because they're going to make those comments like, we can turn it on when we need to, and we can change the narrative when we need to. 
they need to win this game tonight. I'm betting them that they're going to. I'm betting on them that they're going to change the way things are going and that they're going to play well tonight, that you could see a vintage Harden or a vintage Kyrie and then go ahead and score. But defensively, they're giving up 120 points every single game just, like, automatically. And that, I don't know if they need to make another move or they need Steve Nash to actually be a coach. But one of the two things need to change. Because Steve Nash saying, oh, well, guys, it's your team. Like, fix it. Like, what are you, you're just stealing money then. Like, why are you the coach? And by the way, if this team doesn't perform well, Steve Nash is the fall guy. You're not firing Durant. You're not firing Harden. You're not firing Kyrie. You're firing Steve Nash. And if they continue to to really underperform, you may see this where, you know, management comes in and says, all right, here's the deal. We gave you Steve Nash. You guys wanted Steve Nash, we gave you Steve Nash. You guys aren't playing well at all. You aren't performing well at all. And now, by the way, we made that announcement earlier. On February 23rd, the Brooklyn Nets will start to have fans in the stands. So if they're playing this poorly and losing games consistently, they're going to get booed. (laughs) And they're going to have fans who are really angry at the Nets. I think tonight's a big game. I think they got to go out and perform tonight. They got to play defense tonight. They got to shoot the ball well tonight. I mean, this is, come on now. Let's see where these nets are tonight. I laid the two with Brooklyn tonight at home against the, against the Pacers. Next, let's switch gears. Some baseball betting. How about those Dodgers? My goodness gracious, what in the world? They are stacked. Tommy Stokey, Action Network, joins us next talking Major League Baseball betting. Here on Pushing the Odds. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Going to have single-digit temperatures coming up soon in Houston, which is LOL funny for us here in Vegas. But... In Boston, my mom sent me a text message yesterday and said, why did Nebraska weather suddenly become part of Boston weather? It snows there every day. It's like 10 degrees every day. It feels truck day, which is the dumbest thing ever that Bostonians celebrate. That was Monday. No one cares about truck day, but truck day is when they take all the spring training gear move it to Florida. We have baseball. We didn't think we might have baseball starting with spring training, but we got spring training coming around. Opening day is rapidly approaching, and let's start talking baseball. Tommy Stokey, covering baseball for the Action Network, is joining us here on Pushing the Odds. Tommy Mapparalt, how are you, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. All right, so let me ask you a question. At plus 3, 30, 40, 50, somewhere in that range, wherever you can get the Dodgers, given what they just did with Trevor Bauer, even at you know 3.5 to 1, is there still value on the Dodgers to win the World Series? I've seen some people make the case that you know you're getting around what a, a 21 percent chance that they win the World Series around those odds, and if you can find that, then sure. Um, for me, I, I would I would wait because is there a huge difference for me at, at 375, 350 to what it's ever going to be um, later in the year? that's just not my style that I don't want to take the huge favorite. And I've got questions about them still coming off a world series. I think that a world series hangover does exist. So I actually like the Padres better in the division. Um, but, but on paper, on paper, it's obviously tough to, to argue with, with the Dodgers. 
look, I get it. Betting on the favorite is never fun. And betting on a team that's got all the hype, oftentimes it falls apart. Trevor Bauer. But can you, like, how, let's just say they get to the playoffs healthy. Now it's a big if. But if they were to, in a seven-game series, who is beating that rotation? That's that's baseball, the weird part where you just can't, you know, you can't predict baseball, right? So, yeah. But on paper, yeah. I mean, Bauer, Kershaw gets there. Uh, you know, Walker Bueller, any of those guys starting game three, and you figure you have the edge. And so, you know, it, it, it's tough. And especially with the pitching staff, like, that's one of the reasons I was all over the, the Reds in those short series in the playoffs. That obviously didn't work out because you got to score at least a run in, in two series to, to get a win. Um, obviously, we know the Dodgers can do that. So, hey, on paper, healthy in a postseason no you won't find a better team and so as far as world series goes i i would if i'm taking a dodgers bet i'm not taking a win total i'm not taking a division uh it it would be the world series um but i I also think that there's other ways to to fade them well eight to one on the padres i think is a really good bet given their young talent the pitching staff the, the trades they made at the end of last year they didn't really benefit from having a lot of those arms that were hurt at the end of last year that now will be healthy and good to go coming up here for this year so let's talk about other teams that maybe you can look at to win the world series so you mentioned the padres you know do you like them more than the yankees yeah i'm actually i'm kind of down on the yankees i'm looking at their pitching staff and and the names look good right garrett cole at the top Corey kluber jameson tyon but the last time we saw kluber he was getting rocked and he throws what one inning last year and gets hurt we haven't seen him be good in a while uh jameson tyon coming off an injury we haven't seen him be good in a while so then it's uh what jordan montgomery uh garcia um domingo armand is he coming back so I'm not all that confident in that starting rotation, and maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on pitching because these offenses can score five, six, seven, eight runs easily. Um, but but that would be a win total that I'd look on that I'd look under at. We've got 96 posted at win this week. That's something that in an improved division, I'm not so sure that I like the Yankees all that much. I'm with you on that, and I think the Yankees have a lot of questions. I think the entire American League has got questions. Just looking at the American League versus the National League, Tommy, I'm 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 an AL guy. I'm a Boston Red Sox guy. I don't see much talent across the entire. I mean, not just one division, all divisions right now. What's your outlook on the American League, Yankees included? Yeah, it's weird. Like, are the White Sox the really the best team in the American League? I mean, they opened up at 91 and a half wins. Are we are we sure that Tony Larusa can steer that ship? And you've got a lot of a lot of young talent. Um, is, is, are they ready to win? Uh, I'm not sure. Again, you know, best case scenario, sure that all works out. But still, you're you're counting on a lot of kind of unknowns there. Um, I almost feel like people are sleeping on the Astros. That that people forget that mm-hmm. they are still a really a really good team when healthy. Um, obviously, the most that we've heard about but the that's Astros. The, but, but, that's are, the, but that's the problem, though, right, Tommy? They're not healthy. Yeah, and and they're you know who knows with their pitching staff. You've got you know obviously with no Verlander, you're you're leaning on some some younger guys there. So it's uh it's kind of a crapshoot in the American League, like. In an ALS, Astros, everyone likes to talk themselves into the Angels. The A's are always there, but there's no team that I'm ready to say, you know, there's no Dodgers in the American League unless you think it's the Yankees, and, and I certainly don't. 
No, I mean, that's where I, I last year I, I had plus 1,000 on Tampa Bay to win the American League, which obviously cashed. So now I'm looking in the kind of the same range there. I mean, can you make a case for like a Twins? If everything fell right, could the Twins get to the World Series? Well, they're the ones that they haven't won a playoff game in like my lifetime, right? They keep struggling <laughs> there. So um, they need another, they need more pitching. Maybe they bring Jake Odorizzi back. Uh, they just brought back Nelson Cruz. So, yeah, and AL Central is where you want to target. If you're not a believer in the White Sox or you think Tony La Russa, that whole thing's going to blow up. You know, anytime you can get a team at at ten to one, twelve to one, um, that you think is is for sure going to make the playoffs, I'll, I'll take any team twelve to one in a playoff series. And I think that's also why, as we look to the National League, a lot of people like the Cardinals and in the down NFL Central. So those those teams, um, the Blue Jays, people are high on now. So there's there's a lot of value there. And you can go back to the Rays. You know, trading yeah. trading Blake Snell, I don't think makes them all of a sudden the third best team in the division, and that's what their win total has them pegged at. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm looking at the American League East, and like, I'm always one to fade the Yankees, but I think you can make a really good case for it. I mean, at plus 380 at FanDuel for the Rays to win the East, isn't there? Isn't that great value there on a team that just went to the World Series? Yeah, I mean, if I, if I like the Padres at plus 210 to win the NL West, then sign me up for plus 380 on, on the Rays. There's, there's a real chance that they're still the best team in that division. And across 162 games, the way that, you know, they, they piece everything together, their, their minor leagues are deep, obviously, so they've got young talent ready to, to help. Um, I, I think people are down because they got killed for that Blake Snell trade. I don't know that that's going to ultimately make that big of a difference. I'm with you on that, and and I think the Rays are known for doing things like that, where they make trades. Everyone says, "What are you doing?" And all of a sudden, six months later, we're like, "Oh, right, that's why you did that." That makes a lot yeah, of sense. Not, not great for baseball that the Rays have to trade their best player, but from a betting standpoint, I don't really care what's good for baseball. I still think that their team's really good. So, yeah, I agree. All right, so the, my favorite race, which I'm probably not going to make a bet on, but I'm just going to watch. What do you make of the National League East? The, the, at FanDuel, the Braves are plus 125, the Mets are plus 145, and the Washington Nationals are plus 600, the Phillies are plus 850. I feel like those numbers are a little out of whack because I'm not so sure that, I mean, if things fell right and broke right, I could make a case for all four of those teams winning the division. But who do you think their frontrunners should be in the National League East? So my stomach hurts saying this because it's so disgusting that if I was looking at a team there like, the Phillies, if you can get them forty to one to win the World Series, eight and a half to one to win the division, like their bullpen cannot be as bad as it was last year. For one, um, there's a lot of top-heavy talent there. The starting pitching on paper uh, looks pretty good, especially with Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler at the top. So, Joe Girardi, good manager. You don't hire Dave Dombrowski to to lose, so you know they'll go for it if they're in contention. Um, the Braves have a very top-heavy roster, a lot of depth issues, especially um, in their starting rotation with Soroka coming back from that Achilles injury. Whenever that happens, um, you know, does anybody trust the Mets yet? They didn't really—they got Lindor, <laughs> but all—but all of a sudden, are we sure that we want to hitch our wagon to the to the Mets? Um, and you know, the Nationals outside—you know—they got hot at the right time, and um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to talk myself out of the Phillies because it's like the Phillies, but. I, I uh, at those numbers, I'm I'm kind of convinced. 
right? I mean, eight and a half to one to win the division. And you, you look at the what I mean, again, you could be a case for all four of those teams if things were to fall right. And, and I'm with you with, with the Mets and their offense and some of the, the offseason has been kind of crazy. You mentioned the National League. I mean, the Reds tra- trading away Bauer. Everyone's saying that was pretty much, or, or letting Bauer go, pretty much raised the white flag for the Reds in the in, in, in the National League Central. I mean, is this basically the Cardinals division and nobody else, or could they be pushed by somebody in the National League Central? You know, that always scares me when it's one team and everybody else, and especially if that team's not, like, really, really good. And I don't think the Cardinals are really, really good. But if they're going to try and nobody else is, then that, that matters. And so if the, if the Cubs won... 88 games and that was good enough to win the division, would it shock me? No. And if they won 75 games, it wouldn't shock me. Um, the, the team that you could probably find value on is Milwaukee. They seem to always do more with less. And, you know, Yelich coming off a, a terrible year. Um, if he regains his form, I just think that that's a team that, you know, nobody wants to bet on because they're so boring. Um, and, you know, what's there? But they they they're always right there. They they seem to overachieve. Kirk Council gets the most out of those guys. So if you're looking value wise, and you don't want to take the Cardinals because that's the trendy pick right now, you're probably looking at Milwaukee. Hmm. Tommy, you got about a minute left. What's your feel about the Oakland A's? Obviously, a team that just tries to do you know, doing a lot with less. Oakland right now at the FanDuel Sportsbook. You look at on the West. Oakland's a plus one twenty five favorite to win the division. Houston's at plus one fifty right behind them. But what's your feeling on Oakland this year? Oakland's usually one of my favorite teams to actually take live during the year. I feel like they get off to kind of middling starts, um, and you can find pretty good value on them in the year. I think you know when they when they went on that huge run. I think two or three years ago, I got them at one twenty to one middle of the year. So that's a team wow. that I'd wait on, and maybe a, a month or two into the season, that's when I would look to pounce. I think they have a lot of potential in that rotation with Lodardo, um, Frank Montas. Um, it depends, you know, are they going to keep Chapman and Olsen or is that trade bait? So see what happens a month or two in, and that's a team that I'd like to target um, for live betting midseason. Tommy, good stuff. Love talking baseball. Appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. That's Tommy Stokey at Stokey Tommy, senior editor from the Action Network, joining us here on Pushing the Odds. So just to kind of recap some things that he's looking at, I I think he's right. If you want to go value-wise on the National League East, the Phillies at plus 850 at the FanDuel Sportsbook are really an interesting bet, considering, again, I could make a case for the Braves, Mets, Nationals, or the Phillies all to win the division. I mean, it's really not insane. At plus 850, that's some real nice value. If you want to go value the Brewers at plus 380, on the National League Central if things don't go right for the Cardinals with all their hype. And then the Padres to win the division at plus 210. I think that's tough, but it's plus money. I'd rather take the plus money than delay the minus 280 on the Dodgers to win the West. There's no real value on that. If you want to ride with somebody else to come in and maybe the Twins to win it all at plus 1,800. But I think the Twins to win the Central in the American League is an interesting one to take a look at. And then the Twins to win... The, Nash, the, the American League pennant at 8-1, to one, plus 800. That's, I got plus 1,000 on the Rays last year. The Twins, I don't sleep on the Twins, but the American League is trash <laughs> compared to the National League. Just absolute trash. we got more to come. It's a busy day for us on a Wednesday. We're pushing the odds. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Work. I haven't talked about the anthem, but I'll end the Sports Grid XM show talking briefly about the anthem simply because the NBA has now issued a statement about the anthem. Mike Bass, the NBA's chief communication officer, has issued the statement saying, with NBA teams now in the process of welcoming fans back into the arenas, all teams, keyword there, all, all teams, will play the national anthem in keeping with longstanding league policy. I mean, Cuban is going to war over this. I mean, Cuban... Mark Cuban in the in the Dallas Mavericks deciding that we're not going to play the anthem. And I guess for like a day, he got their chance to do that. And uh, I don't know. I mean, Mark Cuban says that the Mavs aren't going to play the anthem. And then the NBA says, oh, yes, you are. So I don't know what that means. Is Cuban going to play the anthem? And if Cuban doesn't play the anthem, then what happens? Does he get fined? I mean, he's been at war with the NBA before. Not really sure what the point of the war is. I mean, I guess in a state like Texas, I think he's trying to remove the the controversy. Like, to say, look, we're not going to have our players sit down during the anthem or kneel down during the anthem. It's a bad look. It's bad for business. So we're just going to remove the whole thing. The NBA's got that rule that states you must be standing on the court for the anthem, so I wonder if he will allow his team not to be on the court and they'll get fined for that as well. I, again, th- this topic, is it, it bores me. It, it has no relevance to anything. It has no... It doesn't mean anything in my mind. It's a song. It's an important song, but it's still a song, and it's just... You know, going to war over this is just not really worth it in my mind, but it's coming, I guess. It's going to be interesting to watch how the whole thing comes out. All right, next we stay here in Vegas for you guys on Sports Grid Channel 204. Brian Blessings got lunchtime with bookmakers for you guys on Sports Map. We continue for two more hours. NHL betting still to come, some NFL conversations as well. It's pushing the odds at Sports Talk Matt on Twitter. What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. 